Hello, and welcome to Sharing Our Journey, a podcast from Harrodsburg Baptist Church, where we're all about sharing our journey toward Jesus. Before we dive into our Bible question and answer session, we'd like to invite you to take that journey with us. To find out more, follow us on social media at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you very soon. Welcome to, now we're good, welcome to Wednesday night Bible study here at Harrisburg Baptist. We're so glad that you could join us today. Sorry we were having a little bit of te- technical difficulty, and uh, but we got it fixed and all is good. So I hope everyone's doing well. We are covering the story chapter six today and there are so many areas to cover. Uh, we're looking through uh, Scripture, the Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and it's uh, the Israelites wandering in the desert. There's so much here. Just some of the stuff we're looking at that has happened will be uh, the wilderness and what it means for Israel and what happened there. We're looking at uh, how important it is to follow directions when uh, leading people for God. Uh, there's a talking donkey for all you Shrek fans. Uh, Moses' authority is challenged. And uh, we're also going to look at some parallels between Jesus and Moses And we're going to look at any other things that might come up that show us uh, Jesus in these Old Testament books. So that's what we're looking at. Bo, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm glad that the camera decided not to work and the light decided not to work. And um, now here we are. So excellent. Uh, Well, I'm glad you're here. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you're here because honestly, if you weren't here, I don't know if I could get all that stuff on anyway. So (laughs) we're set. Okay. So we're going to look at, let's first off, um, let's just kind of look at the wandering of the wilderness by the Israelites. And I've got a map for the people that are watching this on um, either YouTube or Facebook. And I don't know if you're going to be able to see this map. But uh, you can tell that they've gone pretty much everywhere. Over here is... uh, Egypt to the east, there's a Nile River, and the land of Goshen is up there. They go down to the Red Sea, down to Mount Sinai, up, do a couple circles, come back around. It is, uh, it's very extensive. They do a lot of traveling. They don't, now, if they went straight, uh, it would have been a lot easier. But, obviously, God had plans for them. So, but when I say Israel in the wilderness. What comes to your mind? Um, hot. Mm. Okay. All right. You're going uh, it's, straight it's, for it's desert. Just, it's, yeah, it's just hot out there, man. Okay. Well, we might get into it later, but I mean, I think that it's it's one of the things that you know you've got you've got a people who have the pr- a promise 
to enter into another land, but would rather stay in a desert. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Oh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> we're going to get to that. When, when I look at the wilderness, I think, I think of twofold, two things, okay? I think you, you think of the desert and um, the heat and, you know, no water, no food, all that kind of Just the, the misery of it, uh, being alone, um, all, all, just the misery of all that. Yeah. But I think there's also another, a flip side to the desert or the wilderness, and it's that time where it's just you and God, mm. you know, and, and God is there and he's making himself known to you. It's a, uh, it, it's a time of preparation, you know, it's an escape and a time of preparation. And I think at times it can actually be one or the other and maybe even both. It can be a very rough area but God's with you, and He's preparing you for something. So I think I think it can be a little bit of all that. Uh, and you're going to see, and you mentioned it, that in the wilderness, no less than six times did the Israelites complain that they were taken out of Egypt. Uh, the my favorite one was with the food. You know, we've been eating manna all the time. We we want meat. And, and they actually told Moses it, that, do you remember, we had this bounty in Egypt, and it was free. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't free. You were a slave. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's the good old days. Oh, I love the good old days of being a slave with free food. So six, no less than six times did they complain to Moses. Yeah. And, and you, you get that, that... Um, you get this picture that, you know, the Israelites are, are whiny and um, they don't really rely on God and they have a short memory. Um, and whether you, whether you personally would like to admit it or not, we're very similar in that category. We, we fall right in with the Israelites. Yeah. I looked at the, um, the desert and, and I, I thought of three lessons that the Israelites were to learn and needed to learn and okay. weren't able to learn. And these are the same lessons that we need to learn and struggle to learn. First lesson is depend on God. Uh, you know, with the manna, God provides. God's a provider, and you got to learn to depend on God. Um, trust in God's presence even when he's not around, and submit to God's leadership. And I think those are the three things that the Israelites needed to learn, and they never did really learn it very well. And and honestly, they're the same things that I need to learn that I don't learn very well. Mm. Uh, but uh, that's kind of the overview of the wilderness experience of the Israelites. Now I want to get to some good stuff. I love the good stuff. I want to get to some good stuff. I want to get to some, to some stuff that uh, is a little different. So let me ask you this. Um, uh, I'm going to try to take these in order uh, as far as chronologically goes, but I, I, I can't guarantee that. Um, talk to me about, well, let's talk about this whole uh, challenging Moses' leadership. You know, Moses, I, I love this because Moses' brother and sister are the ones who go after him. 
Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, the people have already been, eh, but Moses' brother and sister go after him. And they're like, well, if, you know, I don't understand why God's got to talk to you. He talked to us too. You know, we're all family. And um, the thing that I wanted to read with that, because I think it's really important, if I can find it. This just popped in my head. Go. Do you, do you, do you, do you, didn't Jesus have brothers oh, and sisters yes. do the same thing? Didn't they kind of go after him at, yes. at one point? Yes, yes, yes. Jesus' <sighs> brothers went after him. Uh, and Moses' brother and sister went after him. So I've got it somewhere. I said that. Now, um, people rebel. There's there's like every chapter is the people rebelled. <laughs> you know, it's just every chapter. Oh, I can't find it. Anyway, let's go to this. So they were mad. Oh, I know where it is. I got it here. It's Numbers 12. Okay. Okay, so Miriam and Aaron, Miriam's Moses' sister, Aaron's his brother. Yeah. Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because of the Cushite woman he married, for right. he had married a Cushite woman. Yeah. Now, Zipporah, his wife in, um, by name in Scripture, is not Cushite. Um, most people will tell you, I think she was from Moab. So, I'm sorry, Midian. Midian. Yeah, uh, and Midianites are not Cushites. So you, we have this problem that he had married a Cushite woman, probably a second wife. And so they were upset with him because of this. Well, that opens up a whole new can of worms because they're mad about his Cushite, Cushite wife. Yes. This could be anger based upon, you know, she's a different ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than likely, Cushites were Ethiopians. It could be skin color. It could be the one of the earlier forms uh, or earlier instances of racism that had come in the Bible. And they go off. They go after uh, Moses, and God just says, "No, we're not going to do that." I love the punishment for Miriam, and I know it's wild. That's I shouldn't say that, but I do. He blanches her skin. White, blanches it completely white. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, you know, that's what you get for judging somebody by their appearance. Is now you're going to, you know, go around with uh, white skin. The other thing that I noticed and that I love is Aaron. His prayer is, my Lord, please don't hold against us this sin we have foolishly committed. Please don't let her be like a dead baby whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. He's doing all this. Moses' prayer, God, please heal her. That's it. That's all Moses said. Short and to the point. Yeah. I like well, the way. Well, I mean, look look at what re- what happens there. You know, she, she becomes leprous and her skin turns white as snow. That part. I, I, there's... There's some humor there. I'll, I'll oh, admit yeah. that. Oh, yeah. You know, the Bible can be funny in that in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, uh, but when when Aaron turns and sees her, I mean, he's just spoken with God. Yeah. But who does he turn to and speak to? He's the high priest. Oh, yeah. He does, But he doesn't turn to God and he say, turns God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. He turns to Moses. Yeah. And, I, man... That part is is just as sad to me. Yeah, um, that you've got this people 
who continually, and it's not just Aaron, there's other instances that as I was reading through here, I was like, man, every time they have a problem, they don't pray to God. They don't cry out to God. They cry out to Moses. That's what it says. The people cried out to Moses. It's it's right there. Yep. They don't they don't cry out to God when yeah. they're when they're upset about something uh, when the, when they feel some kind of remorse, if you want to call it that, for for something they've done. They cry out to Moses instead when they're upset about a plague that the Lord sends on them because of their sin. They don't cry out and plead for God's Moses, forgiveness. They cry out to Moses. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, but but again, but that isn't that the purpose of Moses. Moses is the mediator he between is. God and Israel. But but we've also talked about how the the um the the the, the promise of salvation it, it works on a basis of individual faith, not on national faith. Yes. And we see that even entering the promised land, we get a picture of that because it doesn't matter that they're from God's chosen people as a nation that whole generation dies off and doesn't get to go except for who Caleb and Joshua, right? Because and Caleb why? and Joshua believed yeah. God because of their faith. And, um, and before you go further, since you mentioned the spies, I want to just go ahead and throw this in here. So Moses picks how many spies? 12. Jesus picked 12 disciples, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't Moses appoint like 70 elders? That he I, shared the spirit with seventy. Uh, he gave a portion of the spirit yeah. uh, with seventy people, uh, with seventy and, of the elders, and, and Jesus, Jesus sends out seventy, 70 disciples. disciples. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I like that. I got another. I one. didn't. I didn't. I didn't catch that. I got yeah, another one. You, yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, I was I was going to take this back to earlier in the chapter where we kind of see the difference between Aaron and Moses even more, but at the beginning of chapter twelve. Um, uh, it says this in verse three, it says, now Moses was a very humble man, mm. more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Yeah. Wow. God <laughs> said that. Yeah. Yeah. About Moses. Yeah. Um, if we, if we believe that this is the God's inspired word, then God just said Moses is more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth at that time, of course. Yes. And, that wow, what a statement! I mean, if you were, if Moses was ever going to be filled with pride about something, it should be that statement. Yeah, that, right that would be it. Yeah, that would be it. But but what's so interesting um, is that you know when when Aaron does cry out to Moses and say, "Please forgive us of this," Moses doesn't turn to Aaron and say, "You know, he doesn't have an I told you so" spirit about yeah. it. He just immediately turns right to God and said, God, please forgive her. I mean, it's it's just like Jesus on the cross. Please forgive them. They don't yeah. know what they're doing. Right, right. And uh, and I just um, love that about about Moses. And But um, I thought, uh, can I read a couple of verses about humility? Yeah. I just, there's, there's, what am I going to say? No. <laughs> Of course you can. Can I what's read the scripture? Op- what's, no. What's the opposite of humility? Pride. Yes. So um, Psalm 138, verse 6 says this. Uh, Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. 
Um, and I, I just love that mm. contrast of the, 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 the Lord is on high, but he looks upon the lowly. He looks upon the humble. Yeah. Um, there's Proverbs 3, 34. It says, he mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, the wise inherit honor, but fools he holds up to shame. <coughs> and uh, Proverbs twenty nine twenty three says, A man's pride brings him low, but a man of lowly spirit gains honor. And kind of again and again, Matthew... Uh, sorry. Luke one fifty two says, says uh, he has brought down he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Mm. And just over and over again uh, in Scripture, we see this this picture that it is better for us to be humble. Oh yeah, than to be full of pride. And I just think you know that's something that we need. It's not something that comes naturally. No, to it's us, a prayer. And we need to, yeah, we need we need to um, be practicing humility, and and hopefully getting better at um, not think. C.S. Lewis oh. <laughs> said it this way: humility, did. <laughs> humility is not uh, thinking, uh, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Yeah. Well, and and, and even then, the the less you think of yourself, the more that you put towards God. And, and that is the lesson that we can learn from Moses is that, you know, at all times God needs to get credit. Not that he needs the credit. God deserves the credit. Right. And And which will lead us into our next next topic. Right after I talk about this, this last verse, first Peter five, five, that says, um, young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Right. Um, and so just, we've we got to clothe, we got to, we, we need to put on the humility snuggie and get comfortable as Christians. And, and it's not, it's, it's just make sure you put on the humility snuggie, snuggie and not the meek snuggie. It's not being meek. It's, no. it's humility is all it is, is honoring God for what God does. It, it's, it's, yeah. If and, you want to be, it's, you want to be true and treating others humble. with yeah. respect and yeah. kindness. Oh yeah. Well, that's, you know, you're asking a lot in this world. Well, that's something that we desperately need. Exactly. I, I completely agree with you. So let me ask you this, Bo, because a lot of people have talked about this, and, and, and they're not wrong. Well, they are wrong, but I understand how they get it. The question is, and the issue that a lot of people have is, here you have Moses. Moses is the man when it comes to Judaism, Jewish culture, even Old Testament Christianity. Moses is the guy. The Bible says there was no prophet like Moses. You know, Moses is the, he's the number one draft pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has put up with the people of Israel and their whining. He, you know, took care, he, he was um, submissive to God in 
freeing Israel from Egypt and dealing with the Pharaoh, Moses is right there. God says, the people are whining about water. God says, talk to the rock. Moses hits it a couple times, and God says, nope, no dessert for you. You're not going to the promised land. Because, listen, they still got water. What does it, what's the big deal? Isn't that a, didn't God overreact just a little bit? Did God overreact, Bo? No. No, he did not. And why didn't he overreact, Bo? <laughs> what was are Moses' you, Are you going to tell me or are you asking me? No, I'm going to ask, I'll let you, you know what the answer is. We've talked about this. Uh, don't go into your thing yet, though. My, not Jesus. Not not Jesus yet. <laughs> well, okay. So, what did God tell Moses to do? Told him to speak to the rock. He did not tell him to hit the rock, strike the rock. Right. Told him to speak to the rock. Right. So, so one Moses was disobedient. There, there, strike there's, one. There's, there's there's I think there's probably like three strikes yeah, here. I think so. Um, the second one I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and give. Okay, is. Moses and Aaron are sitting there, and Moses, you can tell Moses is fed up because he, he calls them, you know, rebels and all this, and how dare you. He says, must we bring water from this rock? Yeah. Now, when he said we, he wasn't talking about him and God. He was talking about him and Aaron. Right. So, and, and I'm going to read this to you because we're in Numbers uh, 27, and God tells Moses, because you rebelled against my word in the wilderness of Zin when the congregation quarreled, that's when he struck the rock instead, yep. failing to uphold me as holy at the waters before their eyes. Failing to uphold me as holy. Right. You know, so that, so it's, it was his disobedience. You know, what did we, what did we say that the people needed to do in the wilderness what was the israelites needed to do they needed to depend on god they needed to trust in god and they needed to submit to god well moses didn't do any of those three because he had struck the rock earlier and brought water right so he knew if i strike this rock it's going to bring water because that's what i've done in the past right so, so at he, that he, point, was, he was depending on himself on himself and what he knew to be and what he knew to be true. So he's depending on himself. He didn't trust God when God said, just speak to it. And he didn't submit to God doing exactly what God said. And because of that, he missed out on entering into the promised land. I also was reading that just just today, reading over it again, noticed something I hadn't noticed before that he he hit. He struck the rock twice. Yeah. And. I think before I'd always thought, yeah, he stuck it. He struck it. This was the second time because he'd already done it once in the oh, previous no, no. time. But no, he struck it twice. And I thought, I wondered, I mean, I guess there's no way to know, but I wondered, did he strike it the first time and stop expecting water to come out and God, and God give him a second chance? Like, That's let's, what I wondered. Let's see if he gets it right the second time. <laughs> Let's give him another or, shot at this. Or, and I'm sorry for those that are going to be listening on the phone and watch your ears. Or did he sit there and just go, water? <laughs> <laughs> Was he so right, mad right. he just beat did, the rock? Did he, just, did he hit it twice, just bam, bam? Or, yeah, or, or did he hit it once did, go, uh-oh. And then strike <laughs> it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yeah. 
Right, um, and, the, and go in with what you were talking about uh, when you and I were talking about this earlier. Well, the the third the third thing I think is that um, we we see this if you fast forward to the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Okay, we see this that that the water, the, the rock from the water. This this whole thing was meant to be um, what you would call a type of Christ. Mm-hmm. There are different types. Of Christ in the in the Old Testament that point us to who Christ is, and in First Corinthians ten, uh, f- uh, three and four, um, it says they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. It's talking about the the Israelites in the wilderness, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. They drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Right. Um, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. So uh, what we see Paul revealed to us is that the rock was Christ, that the rock was meant to represent, at least at the very minimum, Christ as a type of Christ. And when you look at Hebrews 7, in chapter 7, uh, I think it's verse 27, it, it says that Christ can only die once he can only be struck once basically um and then after that uh you know we are free to to because christ died the one time we are free to speak to christ we are free to speak to god through christ um and, and in prayer yeah and receive grace and mercy in our time of need yeah there's no need for christ to die again yeah so essentially what we get is Moses with Moses and the rock here is a picture of Christ dying twice instead of just once and then Moses speaking to the yeah. rock as we would speak to Christ right um and receiving what we need as they needed water we also speak to Christ to receive the things that and we need And Jesus said that you know come to me through thirst and I'll give you living water Yeah yeah you know? um okay it's yeah, I think I I I love that um, section, and, and I think it's awesome to see that you know even Moses, who you know was the man, he, even he messes up, and even he well, is going to have to pay the price for it. Yeah, and I love that. I love that part because it's such a good um, showcase for how. The Old Testament and the New Testament intersect and and explain each other and add oh, yeah. flavor to one another, um, because you know if you had one but not the other, if if we didn't have the Old Testament, we just always read the New Testament. Well, what the heck is Paul talking about in First yeah. Corinthians yeah. ten? But if you don't have the New Testament, then you do question why is Moses in so much trouble? Uh, there's well, there's an element that gets left out. Exactly. And and speaking of that. Um, we come up with the, let me see, is it in here? Oh, I don't even have it in here. Oh, oh well. Uh, talk to me about this uh, bronze serpent. Huh. Uh, oh, yeah. So we have the Israelites in the desert, and they're getting uh, bit by snakes, by, yeah. by this certain snake. or It's not one snake. It's probably various snakes. You know, right. It's not one snake chasing them. But they're getting bit by these snakes. So the solution is to make a bronze, to make a serpent. Let me see. Well, this is what God said. Then the Lord, let me see. It says, make, the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent 
and set it on a pole. Mm-hmm. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. Now, first off, it doesn't this mess up the whole of making no bronze images? Didn't we just didn't we just make a did we just break a rule here? It seems to me we might have just broken a rule, Bo. Well, God asked him to do it, so uh, there's and that. There's that, and they're not bowing down to pray to it. Right. So, not right now. Later yeah. on, they start offering sacrifices to it for some reason. But anyway, uh, so we have this. That's a neat little story. Why would you even put that in there? You know, the people were bit by snakes. Oh, it's, you know, yeah. that's neat. Well, you all know very much, I'm Assuming you know John 3.16. But do you know John 3.14? Hmm. Yeah. John 3.14 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, lifted up in the pole, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Yep. So once again, you see that matching up with the Old Testament. It's another type, then, type of Christ. Like yeah, we were you talking see about the it. matching up Old Testament, New Testament, and, and how that works together. And, and the thing that I like about that is it's really easy because John tells you straight up, by the way, you know when Moses made that serpent? That's what this means. Just as, Mo, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up on a pole, on a tree, that whosoever believes in him may have eternal life. I absolutely love that. Yeah, absolutely I do too. Love it. I do too. Yeah, it's it's so great. And and the whole the, yeah, the whole thing was it came down to, to individual faith. Again, is am I going to believe God and look at this yeah. thing that we just made and be healed? Yeah, am I going to get hit by it? Well, and that's what the that's what the serpent did. Yeah. You know, it 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 uh, they were they were going to die. Death. Yeah, they were salvation. poisoned. They were yeah. poisoned. Yeah. by the snake. Um, we are poisoned with sin. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and where was the first serpent? And by the way, the serpent used, the word used for serpent in this is the exact same word used in Genesis. Really? And it's the only time the, that word is used to describe snakes, serpent. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just like, you know, just like them, we, we look to Christ in faith and, uh, that's what saves us from the poison of sin. We have a question from the pastor. Do donkeys still talk? Animated ones do. Okay. Animated donkeys do talk. Well, let's get to Balaam. Okay. Uh, let's get to Balaam because Balaam is, this is, my f- this is my favorite out of everything. I love this story. Um, and uh, this is the only time that uh, an animal speaks mm-hmm. in, in Scripture. And we have this story where Balaam is this uh, soothsayer, witch, wizard. Uh, I don't know what you would call him in those days, but, it, you know, that's what he is. And Balak calls him and says, come here and, and prophesy over my people and, and help us win this battle. Balaam says, no. Uh, and then God says, Balaam, you can go. And Balaam goes. Now, there's some confusion here because halfway through, the donkey stops, and what we know, and what the donkey knows, is that the angel of the Lord is standing in the path, and, and 
the donkey can't go around it. Balaam can't go around it. And so God has stopped Balaam. Right. So the question is, why did God stop Balaam after he told Balaam to go? All right. So, and, and that is, there is no direct answer in scripture, but the consensus is that God knew Balaam's heart and knew that Balaam had on his journey decided that he was going to do whatever he needed to do to get paid. And if that meant lying, so be it. Because God had told Balaam, only speak what I tell you. Yeah. Only speak what I tell you. Right. So the idea was that Balaam had plans to speak something else. He is in a weird position because he's he's got God who's told him, only speak what I tell you. And And this is not his God. And then he's got... A, a king who is saying, here, basically, kind of like, I'm either going to give you a bunch of money or I'm going to kill you. Yes, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Come on over here and make this happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so here's what I love. So Balaam starts beating the heck out of his donkey because the donkey's not moving. He beats the donkey three times. Finally, the donkey turns around and says, hey, dude, why are you hitting me? And God opens Balaam's eyes. Balaam sees the angel of the Lord standing in the path uh with a sword by the way the angel mm-hmm. lord has this sword balaam has no sword yeah um and then he goes on his way but the thing that i find most interesting and i just found this doing my study today is is you look at the interaction between the donkey and balaam and then you look at the interaction between balaam and balak and it's the exact same interaction mm. balaam hits the donkey the donkey's like, I'm not going anywhere. Lord's standing there. Balaam hits the donkey. I'm not going anywhere. Lord's standing there. Third time, Balaam hits the donkey, and the donkey tells him what's going on. Well, when we get to Balak, Balaam prophesies over, you know, what's going to happen. It says Israel's going to whip you. Well, Balaam doesn't like, you know, Balak doesn't like it. Does it again. Balak doesn't like I'm sorry. He prophesies three times. Yeah. The same as the donkey, and the third time he opens the eyes to this is what Israel looks like out here. Right. You don't want to go near it. So it's just, it's really cool how those two um, match up. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, and we had a, a comment from the uh, studio audience that Jude mentions Balaam's rebellion. And I think the idea of that is that in his mind and in his heart, he was going to rebel and not say what God had told him to say. Um, but uh, that, that's the common in, interpretation. Are right, you got anything on Balaam? Or is that just me? Uh. No, well, just just this extra thought that even though, um, you know, so so they're up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. The Israelites are down in the valley. They're they're overlooking the Israelite nation when this is happening. Right, and uh, and God is up there protecting them, and and blessing them, and prophesying about a Messiah that will come to them. <laughs> All the while they're in the valley, uh, sinning mm-hmm. with um, with I'm, I'm, is it the the Moabites? Moabites, yes. So they're they're down there, and at the same time, there's there's it's, it talks about how the the Moabite women have have seduced the men oh, of yeah. Israel. 
They've brought them into their their worship of of Baal. They've brought them in, which which involved a lot of sexual sin and right. involved child sacrifice and involved a lot of things mm-hmm. that they were clearly supposed to stay away from to set themselves apart. Um, things that uh, were harmful to them, right? And so so they're down there doing all this mess, completely unaware that the Lord is still protecting them from. I mean, how easy, distracted by all of that sin, how easy would it be for the king to come down with his army and just run them over? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but the Lord's up there blessing them. Uh, and I just, I think that that um, is kind of cool because I do think that there are times when we might, when we might stray off the path some or or turn our back on God for a time, and I do think that there are times when He still protects us. Well, there I, I agree, and and there's also the the idea that you know, I mean, um, Jesus talked about the sheep and yeah. you know leaving the ninety nine for the one. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Right, right. Um, yeah, without a doubt. So okay. I, I think that's just a, a you know this is physically what's happening, but I think we get spiritual images you know in there uh, right spiritual truths in there yeah so. all right so um we're at 642 so now is the time now, now is our time to bring up jesus and moses or and and or jesus in deuteronomy and numbers so mm-hmm. we talked about I, i'm gonna go ahead and grab this one because uh you're gonna take it if i don't well, I th- feel like we've been talking about that the whole time. <laughs> well, we have, but now we're now we're really doing. Um, uh, oh, see, I, look, look how, look how I am so prepared. Oh. I had all this scripture, and I forgot to even just turn it all over. I even had First Corinthians. <laughs> I even had First Corinthians in there. Okay, so we talked about how Moses was the man, uh, and and that there would be, um, you know. No other prophet like that. That he was the you know he was the number one draft pick. He was he was the man. Uh, Deuteronomy eighteen is so 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 very important because when we are um, when we're talking about Moses and the things he has done, Jesus says in John five forty six yes. That if you believed Moses, you believe me, for he wrote of me. Right. Wow. So there could be several ways that Moses wrote of Jesus. You know, Moses wrote, literally wrote the law, and Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. But I think what Jesus is referring to is Deuteronomy 18.15. Deuteronomy 18.15 says this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. And on down in 18, it says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. All right. So what is it that Jesus constantly says in the book of John? I only speak what the Father tells me to speak. I, you know, 
My words are the Father's words. Me and the Father are one. That is, and that's what Jesus means when he says, if you believe Moses, you believe me, for he wrote of me. Jesus is that prophet mm-hmm. that right. is raised up from among them. He was, you know, from the tribe of Judah and, and all that. So I, I absolutely, you know, here you are in Deuteronomy 18 in the middle, you know, in the section where they're explaining laws and, and Moses' farewell sermon and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And here we are, you know, talking yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else you got? Um, they also just, in the tr- previous chapter, they talked about the king. And, and God God gives them a, rules for if they ever have a king. Mm. And... Um, so I think that's kind of interesting because he's just kind of, well, one, later on he's going to tell him, you don't want a king. You don't need a king. I'm supposed to be your king. Yeah. But and he knows Andy what's going to happen. And he says, and this is what's going to happen if you do have a king. Yeah. But he's also already give the, given them rules for if they ever have yeah. a king. Yeah. So it, it's just, you know, he's already, he's covered everything in what well, he gives them here. And, and that's uh, the, th- the big picture of this. And that's why it's so hard to understand numbers and Deuteronomy and, and all this, because everything's, you have so many things mixed in here. You have God giving all these, um, you know, what, this is what your nation's going to look like. Yeah. You know, these, this is how your nation, so this is what your priests are going to do. Right. This is what your nations are going to do. This is what you are going to do. This is what you're responsible for. This is what they're responsible for. And then in amongst all that, you're getting all these genealogies. Yeah. You know, and basically, you know, the idea of that is to show you it. Israel is getting huge. Yeah. And then there'll and, be a battle somewhere mixed in yeah, there. And, and, then and, go then back. You have, and then you have all these battles. You know, you don't even talk about, you know, the time in the wilderness. They've got people nipping at their heels the entire time. Yeah. Uh, they have, you know, people attacking them as, as they're in the wilderness and all this kind of stuff. So you have, you, there's so much in there and it's really hard to, to, to process it and to follow it. That's yeah. why the story is, is, is. That really nice. There is also a paragraph. It's literally just a paragraph, I, and I don't remember where it is. I think it's in Deuteronomy. Uh, it's in one of the two, but I can't remember exactly. But it talks about, okay, so if they ever needed to practice, um, if they ever needed to execute someone for sin, how were they to do it? To, to stone. They would stone yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And the reason for that was so that they didn't touch the the body. I think uh, so that they didn't defile themselves. Right. Um, so they would throw stones and stone the person and and kill the person. But then there's this one tiny paragraph. It's just kind of like it's almost like just it just kind of it's like a footnote almost in in the law where it says, but if anyone's ever hung on a tree, here's oh, what yeah. you do with the body. And um, again, that wasn't what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to stone people. Yeah. But but God gave them this little rule, this little paragraph for if someone ever happened to be hung on a tree. Yeah. Here's how you deal with the body. Yeah. And I think that that's that's super cool. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, uh, going back to what you said about Moses, um, they're saying that God would sit. God's going to bring you a prophet like like me. Um, that reminded me of Numbers 12, back to Miriam and Aaron, where Moses talks to them, and he says this uh, in 12.7 of the book of Numbers, but this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Well, 
Who else is faithful in all his house? Yeah. Jesus. With him, I speak face to face. Yeah. Who, who else do you speak face to face with if not Jesus? Um, in fact, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Exactly. <clears throat> um, uh, with him, I speak face to face clearly and not in riddles. I mean, Jesus understands everything. You know, he understands yeah. all of it. Uh, it's, it's not a riddle to him. Riddle to him. Uh, he sees the form of the Lord. I mean, Jesus has spent eternity with God. He's seen the form of the Lord. Um, and, then, and then he asks them, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? In other words, look, Moses is, is special. Like yeah. this guy, yeah. he's special. And that's why he states earlier in that chapter, he's more humble than anyone on the face of the earth. This guy's pretty special. Uh, uh, why would you, you know that I'm, I, I, he has my favor. Why would you speak against him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, and that leads us to, you know, when we talk about Moses and Jesus, we've, we've already talked about how, how different things have, have, you know, pointed towards Jesus. Right. But the idea is uh, is that you know understand that as awesome as Moses was, Jesus was still superior, s- still way we, superior. We get a, chapters two and three of Hebrews deal exactly with that. Exactly. Right? Is, look, Moses was awesome, but Jesus is way more awesome. Yes, <laughs> and, and and when you look at you know Moses through his uh, miracle through the miracles that he did for God and. Um, you know, leading leading the children out of um, Israel, all this he led a nation to follow God. He led, he introduced a nation to God. You know, that was his job. He was mediating between God and the people of Israel. Yeah. Well, you know, Jesus is introducing the world to God, and you know, Jesus is our mediator now between us and God. You know, it, it, we 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 have direct access to God through because of Jesus Christ. Right. And and that is, you know, that's that's better than having Moses talk for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then you look at the manna, you know, the manna um, you know, rain manna. Well, Jesus fed bread from heaven. Jesus well, who fed else is bread from heaven. <laughs> Jesus fed 5,000. <laughs> Jesus is the bread of life. You know, there's just so many so many things in there that um show you and and that that are intentional i i know what i was going to tell you in the um in his farewell sermon they called it a sermon his farewell speech moses says a couple of things mm-hmm. um um one of them he says uh, do, do not be do not be afraid i don't let me see uh be strong and courageous do not fear or be in dread for it's the Lord your God who goes with you. He will never, he will not leave you or forsake you. Yeah. Well, you know, those was Jesus' yeah. words uh, it, I, at the Last Supper, I think, right? Where he says, you know, I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I know you're, I know you're sad, but I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Um, and there was another one. I, I can't remember. I, I did this. Thursday night, I actually said the other one, and now I can't remember it. But there were two statements that Moses makes that Jesus uh, uses those ex- the exact wording. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, that's, you know, y- you are the ultimate deliverer. You know, right. it's, uh, it was just really, really cool. Well, the other thing was uh, Moses goes up the mount to give the law, and Jesus 
gives the mount, uh, goes up the mount on in Matthew to give the Beatitudes. So that was the other one. And actually, Matthew actually uses the word, the same word going up the mountain that he used, that Moses was used to describe Moses, just for the people at home taking notes or the people in the audience taking notes, which is nobody. <laughs> um, in that closing message, one of the other things he says is uh, uh, in, in chapter 30, verse 6, he says, the Lord your God will will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul yeah. and live. Mm. Um, how do we, I mean, how do we have true life? I mean, we love the Lord with all of our heart and our soul. I mean, yeah. that's that's it right there. And uh, um, and then I do love later, he, he says in that same chapter, see, I set before you yes. today life and prosperity, yeah. death and destruction, for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But, but. If, your heart, <laughs> but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. That's a timely message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed if you do these other things, if you yeah. stray from me. Um, and and you, where does all that start? And, and I just got to go back because I, I'm, it's, I just want to make sure every week we're going to be reading this and every week we're going to hear this and see this. I just want people to understand it. That it says, "Well, bless you in the land you're in, uh, but if your heart turns away, right, it is a heart issue. It is. It is a heart issue. Yeah. Just, it and it again comes down to I, the individual. I, I'm gonna say every week we're gonna say it, so just be ready. <laughs> um, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live among. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan mm -hmm. to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that, it, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, curses. Now, now choose life, life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land. He, sw he swore to give your father's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Lord is your life. Choose life so that you and your children mm. may live. Yep. Um, it's not just, you're not just affecting yourself. You, you are. If you choose disobedience, you're never just affecting yourself. Oh no. Yeah. And um, it, it always has a ripple effect. It's always going to affect the people around you. And uh, I think. That that disobedience, uh, and I think this kind of, you might even, you could probably even sum up the book with the word unbelief. Mm. Because um, later in, in Hebrews, again, bringing up Hebrews, because they talk about this so much in there. And that's what I was going to say. If, if you want a companion piece to what we're just, what we've been reading, yeah. read the first seven, eight chapters of Hebrews. Yeah. Uh, because it really, this, you know, it, it really hits on Moses and the wilderness and yeah, Egypt and traveling. Yeah. Abraham and exactly. <laughs> Moses. And, exactly. And all this stuff happening in the desert right now. And, uh, but it, it, um, 
it does say that it's, it says in 319 of Hebrews, it says, so we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. They were not able to enter the land, mm-hmm. they being the Israelites, because of unbelief. Yeah. It wasn't because of the every the root of everything was their unbelief. Right. That God was who he said he was. Yeah. Um so again, your your beliefs they most often determine your actions. Well yeah. I mean that's you know where where is your faith? And the last thing that I wanted to read was the uh was Deuteronomy six, four and five. This is still like a really important thing to the Jews. It's called the Shema. Oh yeah. S H E M A. Shema. Yeah. Yep. Um and it says <clears throat> Hear O Israel. Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Again, Jesus said just that. <laughs> um and so you have you have kind of two commands here. You have hear mm-hmm. and love. And I think they 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 form this cyclical pattern that's very important. The, the word hear in the Hebrew didn't just mean to hear something with your ear. It had a double meaning of you hear it and then you respond to it. You didn't just take it in, but you also responded to it mm. with action. Um, so you're, you're listening, you're hearing, and then you're called to love Mm. and it forms this, this cyclical pattern where look, we won't, we will not obey if we do not love. Right. And if we don't love, we're not going to obey it. We, we won't listen and respond to God with love and no, sorry, we will, is what I meant. We will listen and, and respond to God with love. And we and we show our love to God by listening and responding. Right, yeah. Uh, we just, we need to make sure that we choose the right God to yes. listen and respond to. And, and we also need to understand... I think that has a tight connection in Deuteronomy and Numbers that we we listen and we love. If if they weren't, you know, again, it goes back to the unbelief. Yes. But if they had listened and lo- and responded and loved God, and loved God enough to continue to listen and respond and stayed in that cycle, yeah, then they wouldn't have lost a generation in the desert. Then they they wouldn't have um, been so take enamored by the 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 Moabites or the Moabite women who tempted right. them to come worship Baal with them. Yeah. And Tara just, uh, Tara was over there. I didn't, I knew she had something, but she was just, she was biting at the lip. And she asked, uh, can we talk about how God was merciful to Moses and let him enter the uh, promised land after yeah. all? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Transfiguration. And the yeah. transfiguration. And and not only that, but God also took him up, you know, to, to the mountain and said, this is it. You know, yeah. here, see this. This this is where your people are going to be. And then, of course, he appears at the transfiguration. Yeah. It's not like he did that and they just. God's like, okay, I'm yeah, shunning you're you. Done. You're done. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to talk to you <laughs> Listen, anymore. If that's the way God works. Then I, I'm. I'm no. I ran myself through a long time they ago. They <laughs> continued to commune with one another. They continued to God continued to speak yeah. to Moses. Yeah. 
and and lead him and guide him and use him. Well, but, and and James had asked earlier, you know, hey, you know, how bad is it for Moses to sit there and and he still had to lead these people, know that he wasn't going in. And he's like, well, you know, what do you think about that? And and my response was, we well, stick us to talk to God. You know, I, I I would take a day of talking with God. Yeah. To not enter the promised land. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, I'm good. And honestly, James, now thinking about it now, he's been with those people for 40 years. He's probably tired of them. <laughs> he's like, God, take me now. Oh, man. It's time to retire. It's time to retire. That's it. All right. Just like it's time to retire this this Wednesday night podcast. We are so glad that you joined us for Sharing Your Journey, a weekly question and answer podcast um, here at Harrodsburg Baptist Church. We love that you're here and listening. Uh, please uh, join us on Sunday mornings. We have Sunday school at 9 o'clock and worship at 10. Uh, we hope that you're having a great week. Let us know if we can be praying with you or for you in any way. And with all that said, we will see you next week. Um, same time, same same HBC channel. And uh, good night. Thank you for joining us for sharing our journey. If you have a Bible question, please send it to mark at harrodsburgbaptist.org and we'll try to answer it in the future. If you'd like to join us for worship, we come together on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Harrodsburg Baptist Church, 312 South Main Street, Harrodsburg, Kentucky. For more information, follow us on social at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. As you go, we pray that you will share your journey toward Jesus with others. May the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.